0: I'll just start from the fresh, new, looking at 2024, thinking about where are we at um, and how we're going to grow from that seed as we blossom, we come out of the ground, the root system, um, and then blossoming until it spreads, right? Um, and so one of the things that Over the next couple of weeks, I want to give us some fresh eyes to be able to, when we look at Scripture, we understand what's going on Um, and where we are in that as we're reading that Scripture, because we need to understand that we play a role. We need to understand that we are in this. We are in the story, right? Um, You are in that story, and you play a part in that, and so we need to understand that. Um, And so one of the things we're going to look at today is Revelation chapter 4, so if you have your Bibles, go with me to Revelation chapter 4. one passage that you probably thought we wasn't going to do today, a lot of times we try to steer away from Revelation because a lot of times we don't understand it, or a lot of times we think it's all about end times, or we think it's um, weird, or whatever. Um, today, we're going to go into Revelation chapter 4. We're going to read the whole chapter of chapter 4. Uh, it's not a very long chapter, um, but in that, we want to. I want to point out a couple of things that are foundational. Again, thinking about foundation... Thinking about the seed that goes into the ground. Mark chapter 4, the seed that goes into the ground. Remember, it waters and it grows, right? And it flourishes and it becomes that plant. But there's one thing that we've talked about before. I've told you before, whenever um, previously as a youth minister, and, and we would send those kids to youth camp and we would come back on fire and those kids had seeds in them. And we would come back, and the negativity that I would hear from the adults around them, Oh, just give them a week. They'll be back to normal. Just give them a week. They'll be back to normal. And we didn't create an environment conducive to growing. I can take the same seed for an orange tree, go down to Florida and plant that dude, and I'm going to see a great harvest of oranges, right? I take that same seed and I go up to northern Canada and plant that seed. Not so well. What happens? The atmosphere conducive for growing is not the same, right? So what I want to do over last week and the next couple of weeks, I want to create this atmosphere that you understand if we're to grow and we're to grow beyond, right? We've got to have some foundational things that we keep going back to, but we're not staying there, right? The roots stay there to keep you grounded. But guess what? The shoot keeps coming and going, right? So it's grounded, yes, But it continues to mature, hear that word, mature and blossom, right? Remember a few months back we kept going back to Hebrews chapter 5 and he's like, you should be on that now. You should be beyond that. Like you shouldn't be stuck here, you should be more mature, right? Get that revelation of righteousness, that foundation, and you can grow from that, right? So we're going to give you a foundation today for some more foundation to continue to grow for this year. John chapter 4, then suddenly after I wrote down these messages, I saw a portal open in the heavenly realm. And the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning said, what? Ascend. Hmm, That's pretty cool. Into this realm. Now, don't let that freak you out. But you do have access. Into a realm, right? What did we say before? Testimony. Testimony. Right? The spirit of prophecy, testimony of Jesus, testimony of Jesus, spirit of prophecy equals both, right? If it's done it before, what? It sets precedence. Right? This is showing. Is John dead at this point? Or is he on earth? He's on earth. Does he experienced heavenly things while here on earth? Yes or no? Yes. So can you? Yes. Okay saw a portal open in the heavenly realm saying trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning said ascend into this realm I want to reveal to you what must happen after this instantly I was taken into the spirit realm and behold I saw a heavenly throne being set in place and someone seated upon it His appearance was sparkling like crystal and glowing like a carnelian gemstone, surrounding the throne with a circle of green light, like an emerald rainbow. Encircling the great throne were twenty-four thrones with elders in glistening white garments seated upon them, each wearing a golden crown of victory, and pulsing from the throne were blinding flashes of lightning, crashes of thunder, and voices. And burning before the throne were seven blazing torches, which represent the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne, there was a pavement like a crystal sea of glass. Around the throne and on each side stood how many living creatures? Four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Now, before you say this is a sci-fi movie, (laughs) because it seems like one, right? Just hold your horses. We're going to start explaining some of this in just a minute. Just dive into the story first. The first living creature resembled a lion, the second an ox, the third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of the four living creatures had six wings full of eyes all around and under their wings. They worshiped without ceasing day and night singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The was, the is, and the coming. And whenever the living creatures gave glory, honor, and thanks to the one who was enthroned and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell face down before the one seated on the throne, and they worshiped the one who lives forever and ever, and they surrendered their crowns before the throne singing, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created how many things? All things, and for your pleasure they were created and exist. Now, I read this out of the Passion Translation. I want to give you a couple of backgrounds because if you're reading out a different translation, some of these stones seem a little bit different in what he explains. If you go to Dr. Simmons' footnotes, he explains why he put these stones here because they mean the same thing as in maybe your New King James Version or maybe New American Standard or something of that nature. So I want to explain those real quick. The first one, if you go back to Exodus 28, we're not for time's sake, but if you want to make a mark there and you want to go do some personal study there, Exodus 28 talks about the... um, the breastplate of the priest. Okay? So if you want to go back for background knowledge, you can go back to Exodus 28 and get some of that. But the, the priest's breastplate had 12 stones on it, each representing the tribe of Israel. So the two stones that he mentions here, Jasper and sardius. And so here he said crystal and carnelian, which is the same thing. If you go to Dr. Simmons' footnotes, he tells you why he put that, so you can get that clear picture of this jasper. It's more like a quartz. It's almost like a clear, bright thing, right? And then the sardius, if you go down to Dr. Simmons' footnotes, he he talks about that as well, that the, um, where'd he go? Sardius is, um, stone was placed in order like a, Cherry blood red, okay? So that's the two that he's talking about here. One, the first being the last. Jasper represented in that priest's breastplate was the firstborn of Jacob, which was the tribe of Reuben. Sardius, or Sardius, however you want to say it, tribe of Benjamin, and it represented the lastborn of Jacob. Meaning what? This person who is sitting on the throne... What two things did he mention? The first and the last. He is Alpha and he is Omega. See how the word always intertwines together. Like, you can't separate it. It's a beautiful thing when you begin to study God's word and how magnificent it it just plays out, right? The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Then he talks about this rainbow did you see that? And like this emerald green glowing color of this rainbow. Now, when we see a rainbow in the sky today, what does it look like? Describe. Don't need to ask the kids. Huh? Like an arch? Yeah? What else? Multiple color. Okay. What else? Beautiful. Right. Alright, so one of the things, somebody said an arch, I think I heard that word. What is an arch? Is it a full circle or a semicircle? Mm-hmm. Semicircle. When we see a rainbow today, is it full circle or semicircle? Mm-hmm. Semicircle, right? When we see it. What did the rainbow represent? Go back to Genesis. Remember it in Genesis. And he said, I put the rainbow in the sky so that you will remember what? My covenant prominence of what? No flood, the earth. no flood in the earth. What does that represent? Grace. Right? This is my covenant with you, this covenant of grace. But it was semicircle. Is it send me here or full? Full meaning what? What? Say it loud. I heard it. It's complete. Right? My grace covenant now, Jesus came. My grace covenant now is what? Complete. Right? Oh, it's, so good. it's so beautiful stuff right here. So the rainbow of the promise is no longer semicircle, but it's full, it's complete. Then we have the twenty-four elders. Most scholars, there are a few that debate this, but most scholars agree that the, this represents the twelve tribes of of Israel, and then the twelve apostles. Remember who was Jesus called refers to. Israel as well, right? So the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, this is the 24 elders. Seven spirits of God. Let's just look at that real quick. So I want you to have a background knowledge of this. We are going to look at this one, Isaiah 11, verse 2. <clears throat> this is the seven spirits of God. Well, you're like, well, I thought we just had the Holy Spirit. All right? listen to the seven spirits of God. They are explained in Isaiah 11, verse 2. Um, The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And listen to this. The spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. These are the seven spirits of God. If they go with God, should they go with us? Yes, foundation, right? These are foundational truths. You are in Him. Brent talked about that earlier. You are in Him. He is in you. These are the things that as He walks in you, so does these spirits. That's pretty cool, right? So so whenever I'm scared, I shouldn't be scared, right? Because I just need to remember, if He's in me and I am in Him, what do I need to remember? The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon me, right? Meaning He's come and He stays. He doesn't go and come anymore like in the Old Testament. He come and He rests in you. You in Him. He in you. So I should remind myself, I have the spirit of wisdom. When you have a situation and you don't understand what to do or how to do it, right? I was able to um, share with somebody Friday night. And they were in a situation and they didn't know what to do. And I said... I said, the beauty of it is, is I've never dealt with your situation. I said, but the beauty of it is, is we can ask the spirit of wisdom in God and he can reveal it to us right now. Do you want to do that? And they were like, yeah, let's do that. If we could do that, let's do it. Right. And we just went in and began to listen. Then she gave me. I said, I saw in that time, in that prayer, I said, I see somebody coming to you that you don't even know them. They're going to not even know what's going on. And in conversation, they're going to give you a confirmation of what we're saying right now. I said the next couple of days, tops. That's what I see. By 1030 the next morning, wasn't it, Julie? About 1030, I get a text. Wow, you're not going to believe this. And this XYZ. I don't want to give it out because it's a personal story. Bam. Boom. It's the spirit of wisdom. Right? I didn't have to have already gone through it. I have the spirit of wisdom in me. Let's just access him. Let's just ask him. Right, A lot of times we just don't want to stop and ask. We just want to fret and be like, Oh, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? Right? We have the spirit of wisdom in us. We have the spirit of understanding. Right, I don't know why. Why, 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 why? I'll give you the spirit of what? understanding. I give you the spirit of counsel, right? In that moment, I was able to counsel in a situation that I've never dealt with. Why? Because the spirit of counsel was in me. You see what I'm saying? I get to go and access that, right? And might. You have a spirit of might, meaning I don't have to fear or be cowardice. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, you get all this, right? And we get to flow in these things, this spirit, Spirit of might. Look at Peter and the difference and the transformation of whenever he walked with Jesus versus I'm baptized in the Spirit and now I have a Spirit of might and cannot say, I don't know who that is and curse the man and then turn around and boldly proclaim that 3,000 get saved. That's a huge difference. Spirit of might is upon you, right? It's rested upon you. It doesn't leave and go. Notice that. You got it. Now whether you want to access it or not, that's up to you. The spirit of what? Knowledge. Knowledge. And this fear of the Lord. John Bevere has a great study on the fear of the Lord if you've never looked at it. Um, but it's very good. And he goes and explains because a lot of times we get that mixed up that we think we got to be afraid to hunker down in a corner that we got to be scared of God. But he talks about this reverential fear that it's so big, he's so mighty, he's just so God that it just draws you in that want so much more. That's a huge difference than running away and hiding in a corner. And again, I don't have time to go through that today, but that's a great study for you out there. If you deal with that and you're afraid of God, don't be. So these are the seven spirits that rest in us. Then we see the 12 stones are this foundation of the New Jerusalem. Where's the New Jerusalem? Say it louder, Brent, where everybody can hear Inside of us. us. You are the New Jerusalem. He says in Hebrews, you are now in Mount Zion. Like you're there, right? You are already arrived. We're not waiting. You live there, right? New Jerusalem in you. So these 12 stones, right? These 12 stones are foundational for you as a believer. And these four living creatures that we come to are the four foundations of the church. I'm going to repeat that. The four living creatures that we see here are the four foundations of the church. Not just the church body, but you also as an individual. And I plan for the rest of this time to to unflesh this so that you can see that this has to do with the church body, but it also has to do with you as as an individual. Okay? And these are the foundations. So... Whenever we, if you keep on reading, we're not going to, again, for time's sake, we could just flesh this thing out for days. But if you continue reading chapter 5, chapter 6, you look at these four creatures, and they keep saying, come and see. Come and see. What are they wanting you to see? The revelation of Jesus. Right? A lot of people confuse the book of Revelation and say, well, that's the book of end times. Right? If you think that the book of Revelation is the book of end times, you've missed it altogether. He starts off in Revelation chapter 1 telling you this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right? Now, we see in the book of Revelation before creation was even began. We see in the book of Revelation the crucifixion of Christ. We see in the book of Revelation the beginning of the church. And yes, we hear some end time things happening. When I say end time, I don't mean it's going to stop. I'm meaning the culmination of all things coming together in this beautiful marriage, wedding, feast. And now all things have been made new. We see that in Revelation too. Okay, But the whole thing... The whole book of Revelation is simply about the revelation of who? Jesus Christ. Okay, so now that we got that, let's go to Ezekiel. And this one I'll be in the New King James Version. But Ezekiel chapter 1, we'll look at a little bit more about these four creatures if they are our four foundations. Again, we want to get our foundation set because if our foundation is not set, we're not creating the atmosphere that we can what? Grow. And we want to what? Grow. We want to become mature believers in Christ Jesus. Okay? So, Ezekiel chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, he says this Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north. A great cloud was raging fire, engulfing itself, and brightness was all around it, radiating out of its mist like the color of amber, out of the mist of the fire. Also, from within it came the likeness of what? Four living creatures. Sound familiar so far? He's kind of seeing the same thing, isn't he? And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight. The soles of their feet were like soles of calf's feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings and on their four sides, and each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creature did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. and yeah, that's pretty cool. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side, each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, their wings stretched upward, two wings of each one touched one another, two covered their bodies, and each one went straight forward, and they went wherever the what? The what? Spirit. They went wherever the Spirit wanted to go. And they did not turn when they went. They're not turning. There's no turning. Don't be like light's wife and look back. There's no turning. We're just going into the motion of wherever the spirit wants to go. So the who's who's doing the leading here? The four creatures or the spirit? The spirit. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning. And the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of what? Lightning. Now as I looked at the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth. Beside each living creature with its four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their working was like the color of a barrel, and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their working was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of the wheel. All right, so let's do some review real quick. You got four creatures. One looking like a what? There's one. There's a lion. One man, eagle, and ox. Very good, trying to get you to remember without having to look it up, just want to review. So let me get some volunteers real quick because I want you to understand what's happening here. All right. Uh, Brent gets up here all the time, let's get some good people. All right. Cole coming, uh, Aaron's coming, uh, Joey coming, and uh, let's get Tracy, come on Tracy. Ha. All right, we're going to put coal out front like this. You're going to face this way. You're going to face it that way. And Joe's not going to know what we're doing. All right, so we got our four living creatures. The one with the face of a man. Beautiful coal with the face of a man. <laughs> Old stout ox over here. Ha. Rising up on wings like eagles over here. And then the face of the heart of a lion over here. Alright? So, if the spirit moved wherever the spirit moves, and y'all are going to have to work with me. So if the spirit wanted to move over here towards this kitchen, everybody take a step this way. One step. But, Colby, don't turn around. They never turned, it says. They just moved in that direction. So we're going up back towards Joe. The spirit moves over here to the spirit of the eagle. They all moved in that direction. Each one moving towards that direction. No turning, no shifting, right? We don't want to be, James says, don't want to be shifting. Divided hearts, they cannot stand. They're all moving simultaneously wherever the spirit moves. We're over here towards the piano. Spirit move. Where y'all going? And they moved. Right? All right. Give him your hand. Good job. Good job. I want you to get this picture because it's very important. These are the foundations of the church and you as an individual. So whenever we look at this, each one representing a different aspect. So if we look at the man... Um, when we look at the man, the son of man, Jesus referred to him as the son of man. He's the first one that comes on the scene and refers himself as the son of man. Actually, it's 82 times in the four gospels that he, he references himself to the son of man. He is known as a man of grace, right? So one thing that we could say is the foundation for the son of man is grace, Right? What did, what did we learn back when we were looking at Hebrews? What did he say? This revelation of righteousness and grace. If you do not get, get it, you can't what? Can't grow. Right? It's a foundational piece. It is a foundational piece. Everybody understands that? So let's just look at ox. Ox represents servanthood. Okay? That servanthood mentality. Right? We've looked at it just a... About a, what, two months ago when we was looking at Jesus and we looked at that servant mentality that he counted the joy that was set before him. He didn't look at his circumstances right here, right? And he came as a man. Like, he shed all that, put it aside that, and, and said, I'm in, right? As a servant. Humility, right? That ox. Rising up on wings like eagles represents worship. And we must rise up and we must worship, Right? Because we understand that that is one of our weapons of warfare is to worship, right? And he says those who wait upon the Lord will rise up on wings like eagles. You know what that word wait means in that? It means rest, but it also means intertwined. As you are intertwined with the Spirit of God in that place of rest, you begin to what? Rise up begin to rise up and then that heart of that lion there's a fight, there's a battle that we are to fight, right He says you do not war against flesh and blood but against rulers and principalities of this dark world those are your four foundations but what begins to take place if we don't understand that those are the four foundations what will take place as a body of believers, and you can see it and you know this, whenever I go to start explaining you're going to be like, oh yep I've seen that You've seen people that they're all about worship, right? They're all about worship. They don't want to talk about nothing else. If they're talking about God, it has to be a worship attitude, right? And they got to find that church that's got that great worship atmosphere, right? And if they don't have that worship atmosphere, what are they going to do? They're going to go on to the next church. They're going to go on to the next church. Well, then they finally land here one Sunday where we have a great worship place. And they're like, man, that worship was hitting today. I think I'll come back. And the next Sunday, worship wasn't hitting they're like, well, I don't know about that place. Let's go somewhere. Or we go to a place that... They're all about servanthood, right? We've got to serve. We've got these sign-up sheets. We need you to serve. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. We're going to the homeless shelter this weekend. Man, if you don't go... Man, I just don't understand what's wrong with them people. I mean, they know that that's all Jesus did. All that worship and all that other stuff, that's just not important. He was. A, he served. And if they can't understand that we serve like... They're just—they're probably not even a Christian, isn't it? Then we got those warriors, those lions. They just want to go in, and they want to. What did Alex say? He said, "I see myself as an assassin. I just want to go in, to take it out, right?" And you got some people just sit back and like, "Yeah, that's just not me." Like, I just don't know what to do. I'm a little scared. I'm a little nervous. And I'm just not sure that God's for me. So I'm just going to skip back here. You see how all those things work? That if we're only focused on one, what's going to happen to us? We're not going to move. We're not going to grow whatsoever. You can't grow. And you're going to see why in just a minute. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be, next two words, what does that say? Well, what? Balanced. Be what? Well, balanced. Say it again. Be what? Well, balanced. You know what happens and how we get 40,000 denominations in the world? And that's not exaggeration. Go look it up, there's over 40,000 denominations. You know how that happens? We get focused on one concept and we forget that there are many dimensions to God, right? And when we focus on one concept, we also can kind of get top heavy in one area. You see what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, we topple, right? And we're not growing like we should be. We're not moving from glory to glory to glory, right? Be well balanced and always alert. Why? Why does he want you to be well balanced? What's going to happen if you don't? Because your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion, imitating the real lion, right? Like a roaring lion. He's not one. He's just a coward, right? He's not anything but what he can do is get you off balance and when he does and you begin to focus only on one area you shift over and now you forget all everything else that he's trying to pull together again i said it's a beautiful thing genesis and revelation how it all just one big story right when we begin to take a bird's eye view and get ourselves kind of out of the situation sometimes we're going to be like oh i see it now right But we get so caught up on these things and those things and these things and those things. All he said is that's going to produce his arguments. And Jesus said the only way that they're going to know, he didn't say it was going to be by your great worship service, by you have the next big building. He said it was going to be by unity. When he sees that, when the world sees that I'm in you and you are in me and you are one together, that's when. That's when. So we have to make sure that we are moving in this. And we're going to see in just a minute how the Spirit takes us from one to the other. I want you to think about before we do that. Think about for those of you who have been with us since Brent's house. Think about those four. Haven't we covered all four of those many times? Haven't we covered those areas? Think about when we first started teaching you about grace. Think about the questions that you had and was like, this is too good to be true. I don't get this. Are you sure we got grace like that? Right? There was a lot of questions. Remember those questions? There was a lot of things that we were trying to get out of our mindset. Right? A lot of repenting, renewing of the mind began to take place. You see what I'm saying? But now that that got settled and He took us around and brought us, then He'll do what? He'll go through those things, and then He'll bring you back to grace. And guess what happens this time? It's on a higher level. Now that we're on a higher level of grace, He'll take you and teach you and foundationally put you again, and He's going to bring you around, and when you come back to grace again, guess what's going to happen? You're on a new level of grace. You see what I'm saying? Here's what I mean scripturally. Go with me to Ezekiel. We're going back to Ezekiel. Remember what we just read in chapter 1, and he shows you those four preachers. In chapter 3, he begins to explain that wheel within a wheel. Remember, we just left off in chapter 1 with the wheel within the wheel. Go to chapter three, 3, verse 18. When I say to you, the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, or speak to warn the wicked. Is that right? Let me go back. So good. Right, no, nope, I told you wrong. Hold on. Let me go back up. I think it was up above this. 13. Thirteen. I also heard the noise of the wings of the living creatures that touched one another, and the noise of the what wheels beside them, and a great thunderous noise. So the spirit, what does spirit do now? Lifted me up. What happened before? When the spirit moved, the four living creatures moved into that direction, right? And we saw that there was a wheel, but now we're talking about a wheel within the wheel. Who's the wheel within the wheel? You are. See that perichoresis in that? If you never studied perichoresis, you'd miss that. But those of us who have been studying perichoresis, you see yourself now in that great circle dance of that wheel within the wheel. And he says he did what? Not only, remember what we were looking at first is the foundation of the church. Now we're going to start looking at the foundation of you. Because this is you ascending, you growing, you maturing. And he said, what? And the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness and the heat of my spirit. But the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Woo! And what that Spirit wants to do is as an individual, He lifts you up. You are a wheel within wheel, and He wants to take you higher. Right? So don't... Don't get stuck on one. But as He takes you and you'll begin to see, He'll move you into certain areas. There are times in my life whenever all I do is I put on worship whenever I'm in the car and I am just crying and blubbering. There are times whenever He is dealing with me about my servanthood and laying down myself. Remember I talked to you back at Thanksgiving about how He reminded me. Look, you got to lay that down. There was people that offended me, and I felt like I had every biblical reason to say that I did what was right. And he still said, "I want you to apologize to those people." You know what happened? It was very hard. took me everything in me, right? But as I did that, you know what happened? I felt all of a sudden this new release days after that for people that I would come to that may disagree or may not line up with me to just have this overabundance of grace towards them. That's a new level. It's a new level, right? So it took you to laying it down and it took you that ox of obedience, right? Growing me up. Growing me up and maturing me up, right? There will be seasons whenever I'm just steadily going into warfare prayer not just for me, myself, my family. I shared with Brent and Bill the other day about a situation just a few weeks ago where I took Ezra to the throne, right? He just couldn't get well. And I just I went into this place of ascension, and I was there with him, me and him and the Father, right? He took me to a new level of understanding what that line looks like, right? Used to it would just be like throwing up prayers and screaming and begging, and now he's brought me higher into sonship. And understand my authority, understanding who I am, understanding where I belong, right? Again, this is also for us who are maturing not to look down upon anyone who's not there yet. But it is our job, remember Paul lays it out beautifully for the believers to now teach the younger ones these things, right? And it doesn't just necessarily by age, but the younger ones in the faith They could be 92 years old, but one year old in the faith. And it is our job as we are learning these things to teach them foundation. And we can't bring them here until they begin to foundationally build up. If we bring them too quick, remember what Paul says, they will easily flee real quick. Right? So we don't just throw them up as a leader the day they come into knowing Christ. You see what I'm saying? There's this foundational truth. Well-balanced. So that as we're growing, we're going to go from one level of glory to the next. So, what if you're in an area right now where you don't like it? Who likes servanthood? Nobody? One person. I'm glad you stuck. Okay, two people. It's It's against your nature, right? A lot of us, it's against our nature. It's against what? We want to be about ourselves, right? We want to just not do anything. I'd rather just I'd rather sit at home and watch the ball game today instead of being meeting you at the homeless shelter. Right? Those kinds of things, but he takes us from one level to the next. Begins to grow us. And so if you're in an area right now, right? Maybe two months ago whenever I was talking about servanthood where Christ was doing that and I was showing you that's our call too, to lay our life down, you were like, yeah, I'm not coming back to this church anymore. I don't want to hear about it. i got to lay my down my life, right? Who wants to do that? Nobody, right? But again, He wants to take you. He wants to take you higher. He wants to take you higher. You are the wheel within the wheel. So what began to take place, that spirit would move. And those four creatures, it says, and that wheel would begin to move inside with those four creatures, and they were lifted up. Right? They were lifted up. They were lifted up and moved towards the Spirit. But guess what? You were the wheel inside the wheel, and you were lifted up. All of it's following what? The Spirit. What did Jesus say? I will not leave you as orphans, but I'm going to leave my spirit, the paraclete, who's going to walk with you. He's going to teach you. He's going to show you these things. And he's going to walk with you and teach you these foundations so that as we grow together, you're the wheel within the wheel. And as we dance and do this great, that's why it's so beautiful. It doesn't matter what level you're on. He's right there with you. And he's wanting to take you from one glory to the next. That's why it's also beautiful for anybody who says, well, those people just don't get it. Those people down the street, I wish they could get it. Well, they don't know what they don't know, right, Miss Rachel? <laughs> That's Rachel's favorite saying. Well, they don't know what they don't know. We learned that a long time ago, our first year. And that stuck with us. If they don't know what they don't know, but who's going to tell them? Jesus says, how are they going to know unless we what? That was actually Paul. Unless we tell them. So go with me, last one, Ephesians. It's a verse we read last week. We're just gonna end with these foundational truths for today, and then we're gonna do we're gonna go in to that spiritual realm. Ephesians 3, verse 18. Same thing we read last week. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in what? Say it louder. In what? All its dimensions. You were made to experience all his dimensions, not just one. Right? And as you experience them all, guess what? It continues that wheel within a wheel, and it continues to rise and rise and rise and rise until there's no end. that's a beautiful thing too glory to glory can you imagine like we ain't seen nothing yet we ain't seen nothing yet right Paul says but what we are to be it's going to be good it's going to be good Great magnitude of the love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until when you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. You are the will within the will and are experiencing Him. Foundation upon foundation upon foundation. Those four foundations. And He's going to continue to grow you from one degree of glory to the next. So let's just go into that place right now. Close your eyes for a minute.